Hello, I'm Richard from Play It Green. Today, we're really excited to support the Hospitality Playbook podcast. Play It Green provides a unique sustainability initiative that is free to hospitality operators, where you simply add a removable £1 to each bill. For that pound, we'll plant not one, but two trees and give 10p back to a charity of your choice. And in return, we'll educate your whole team on sustainability and provide you with guidance, resources and a network of sustainable hospitality solutions and services. We'll help you build robust ESG credentials. The result is increased consumer loyalty. Ready to embark on this journey towards climate positive hospitality? Click the link in the show notes to find out more. Awesome, and we've got Alex. Thank you very much for being here, mate. Lovely to uh, to welcome you back again. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks very much for having me. So you've been on a few times now, or this is the, the this is the third time you've been on, which is which we're lucky to have you. So we'll put the uh, links to the previous episodes in the show notes for people. But for people who've not uh, listened to those and are not familiar with the, with those, could you just give us sort of sixty seconds on who you are and, and what you do, please? Yes, absolutely. I'll try and keep it similar to the last one. Um, I have been working in restaurants for many years, um, roughly fifteen years, I think. Um, basically worked every front of house position going um all the way from entry level busting tables um washing pots all the way up to now running teams um helping to run restaurants um i'm not a restaurant owner um i am employed i just work for other people at the minute um but yeah just helping run the teams um currently involved in a couple of turnarounds which is nice um and yeah kind of during the day that's that's the day job and now evenings for me have turned to helping other people do the same um same kind of thing so like i said before um i think covid has created this influx of new managers who have been promoted um more off the back of a shortage of staff rather than actually being quite ready for the role um so i'm just trying to fill the gap of helping those guys achieve all the kpis that they've got no idea what they mean um and yeah, just trying to fill that gap and hopefully prevent a few closures that we see every day. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today because I do agree with you completely that there's been a lot of early, you know, premature but necessary, I'd say, um, hires and promotions over the last couple of years. So people who are not ready to go into management positions we're seeing all the time are actually being uh, put into management positions because there's not there's basically no other choice. You know, there's a massive labour shortage, and I think it's really compacted in that middle section. So I think you're absolutely right about that. Um, what we're talking about today is is training and sort of that sort of um, entry to mid level position, such as like a bartender or a busser or a, um, a general catering assistant, for example. And it's worth saying as well that we've got some fantastic templates which you've kindly um, contributed to Pillar. So um, if you're a Pillar user or if you're not a Pillar user, def- go and check out the link in the show notes because that'll take you to the templates page. And we've got one, two, three, we've got four great training plans which are completely complete 15-day training pl- plans for, for some of these roles created by Alex. And they're absolutely brilliant and you can use them for free inside Pillar. So... We're not going to go into the details of each role. What we're going to do instead today is we're going to talk about some of the principles which kind of underpin good training and like um, and that type of thing. So let's just qualify the problem a little bit more. What happens? What are the consequences of a poor onboarding? Um, 
poor retention. Um, there was a report done by uh, This Is Pineapple recently that said that the restaurant industry, as part of the kind of hospitality sector, has got the worst 12-week turnover. Um, and it was around about a third of all people that join restaurants leave within the first three months. Um, I think a lot of that comes down to a lack of training, a lack of support, a lack of coaching, a lack of kind of ongoing mentorship, um, and almost being expected to hit the floor running, um, even though for many people, it's the first job they've ever had. They've got no idea how in the world of work works, let alone specifically a restaurant business um, and all the kind of nuances and kind of quirks that come with those. So, um, yeah, high turnover, poor staff morale, burnout's a massive one at the moment for us. Um and there's, there's obviously a bit of a mental health pandemic going on, which I don't think a lack of support really helps with. Um, so, yeah, just, just giving people the right the right start, the right foundation. Um, and from a business perspective as well, I think it, it almost tarnishes the reputation of the business. If you know someone who's gone and worked somewhere and they lasted three weeks and said, it's, it's rubbish, the management don't help you, the induction was, there's the fire exit, if it goes off, run. Um, you're not going to want to go and work there. And when someone goes, oh, how was it? I've just applied for a job. And they're just going to say, don't take it because it's horrible. Um, so you end up with a much, much smaller pool to choose from in terms of like recruitment. Um, you end up with people who kind of are almost desperate for the roles um, and are there to hide and do the bare minimum. Um, and they just need the money and they don't really care that much. They just want to turn up. Um, which I mean, there's almost elements of good to that. But yeah, it's, it's, really all round just affects the business your customers feel it your staff feel it um if you've got a really good team of a players on board and you bring people in and you don't support them and they don't know what they're doing your a players will soon get fed up with that and also go elsewhere which tends to be into competition yeah and i was going to say as well the the comparison to having a higher higher employee chain where people leave within the first three months because of a poor onboarding is that they get a poor onboarding and then they stay and then they have a really negative impact on your business over the next 12 months <laughs> because they, they don't know what they're doing. So, you know, it, either, either way, whether they stay or whether they go, it's equally as bad, to be honest with you, isn't it? So, yeah, definitely. Um, so we'll keep this. I think it's going to be a fairly short one because I want people to just kind of get some principles of good training. So lay out for us what, what do you, what makes a good on um, training plan for you? for these type of roles training plan for me is all about setting the expectation um on both sides so it's this is what we expect from you um and this is what you can expect from us um and making sure that those two actually align and then it's all about taking them through every single thing that they would need to do in a week um making sure that they feel comfortable doing it they feel confident doing it and if there are any weaker areas, it's about giving ongoing support. So for me, a training plan shouldn't end after so the ones that, that I use generally about three weeks long um, or for a part-time staff, 15 working days, but it shouldn't end there. After day 15, it should be, right, these are the weaker areas or actually you've smashed that. These are the next steps to get you to the next level. Um, and it should just be ongoing, continuous and really supportive. Yeah, 100%. So the way you've structured yours, I think, is great because you, you've basically got the whole 15 days and then you've got exactly what is the outcome of the day, of each day, but then you've got basically uh, tasks throughout the day. So you've got something that happens pre-service, you've got what we're focusing on during service, you've got like a post-service kind of um, 
catch up or debrief if you like and then we've got like an, an outcome for the whole day and we've even got a, a bit of a handover on there as well about who um who might be taking over the next day and i think too often businesses don't have that much detail in plan they may even say oh well day one we'll have floor training day two we'll have bartender but they won't actually lay out what's happening pre-service service so have you always done it like that or is this something that you've learned over time (laughs) no definitely not i was guilty kind of in my early days my first management job of you get somebody in and you go right hop on the till with me or hop on the coffee machine with me um or let's have a go and it's very much throw them in the deep end um you're just opening yourself up to different anxieties and overwhelm um and people getting really stressed out and having a negative experience whereas if you take the time and make sure for example they're coming in the door and it's calm like you're not getting them in three o'clock on a saturday afternoon when you're five deep at the bar uh, but actually you're getting them at eight in the morning where everyone's currently having a bit of coffee and just pottering about setting up for the day. Um, it's about setting the tone, I think, right from day one. Um, and from the first minute they enter the building of like, this is what you can expect from us. And it should be relaxed, in my opinion, because I think you get more out of people when they're relaxed. Um, but yeah, the, the detail is come from uh, the more opportunities you give people feedback or the more opportunities you create to give people feedback and set the expectations the more opportunities there are to kind of course correct and and tweak the progress whereas if you go this is what i expect on day one and then you assess it on day 15 like they might have started day one and gone off in completely the wrong direction um or have misunderstood your instruction whereas if you sit down at the end of the day um you can say oh okay we misunderstood that tomorrow we're going to go for this Whereas at day 15, you think, oh, you've completely failed that because the instruction wasn't clear or because I thought it was, but you misunderstood it. Um, but in those situations, it all comes down to communication. I think communication is the, the make or break of any business. Um, so the training plan is all about communicating expectations. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, one of the things I really love about the way that your plan has, com- has translated onto Pillar is and you, don't, you don't have to use this in Pillar. You know, you can you can take this plan that Alex has got which you can get in the link and then you can use this and you know you can just print it out if you wanted to but i I would i would have a way of um basically leaving minutes on the day and communicating and collaborating with people so what we're able to do in pillar which is great is we can actually like leave comments on the actual day of the training day and say for example of joey was great at bartender and he needs to work on his cocktail um theory knowledge for a couple of days you can tag people in etc so you've basically got like a paper trail going right across the whole training and like i say you could do that on a clipboard if you're if you were old school and you, and you wanted to just write on it but my my two pennies worth here would be document the training all the way through and and make sure you know exactly what's going on and make sure everybody who's in the training team knows what's happened on day two three four and they've got a way of kind of like keeping up with it yeah, absolutely. No, I completely agree because, um, I mean, Pillar is going to be a fantastic tool for doing so. But having, like I said, everybody able to access it, um, collaborate with it. But it's not going to be, in my opinion, it shouldn't be anyway, um, the same person doing the same training every single day. Um, so you'd probably have somebody on the on the bar side of things who's got the most patience and knowledge when it comes to cocktails and that kind of thing you'd have somebody on the floor who really excels in that area if you're giving some kind of basic kitchen pass training or something like that you'd have whoever is the best at controlling that one um not necessarily the best at 
at the job, but the best at communicating the job. Um, so, I mean, your top salesperson might not necessarily be your best trainer because all they care about is let's go make some money. Um, so yeah, That's it's those right people. That is an absolutely superb point, which I don't think many people would think about. You know, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier when we were saying, you know, the best bartender is now the bar manager because you just get thrust into these positions, but he might not be the best bar manager. You might just be the best bartender. Yeah. And it's similar to say, and it's exactly the same in the sense that your best bar trainer might not be your best bartender. It just It's okay to just be a, the best bartender. And then those, yeah. it, it's completely different skills trying to teach some, somebody something that you can do well. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, because the the set of skills that you need, like I said, to to be a bartender, um, and the speed and the organization and the cleanliness and all those kind of the customer service and the facing bits aren't necessarily patience, um, empathy, um, being able to explain the same thing in five or six different ways until somebody understands it. With a customer, you go, "What do you want, mate?" Okay, cool. That's ten pound. Like it's it's a completely different skill set. Um, being able to train somebody. So. Yeah, identifying those people early on. And like you said, if someone wants to be the best bartender, then amazing. Like there are some phenomenal bartenders around who have been doing it for years and will continue to do that for years because they just love it. Mm. Um, and I, I, I'll be honest, I wish I was one of those people. <laughs> Life would be so much easier and simpler if, if I didn't kind of have my grand visions, if, if I was just happy doing what I love doing. Well, we, um, we need those yeah. people. A business doesn't work <laughs> if everybody wants promotions at the same time. We need we need those people who who want to be specialists in a certain thing because otherwise you know you've just got this funnel where there's like a sort of a career path if you like and there's less and less positions as you go up the funnel and if you've if you've got everybody move up the funnel at once you're going to start churning people because they're going to have to go yeah. and find positions elsewhere so you, so if you've if you've got somebody in your business who is just obsessed with being a bartender to use this example just keep hold of them that is a fantastic asset there. Yeah, they they provide stability for me, which is probably the the, the key word in that one. Mm. It's it's giving your business a stable foundation in which to build kind of the rest from. So if you've got those people that you do want to progress, knowing that you've got somebody there to hold the fort and and kind of do the groundwork whilst you take these people and put them through the training they need, mm. um, is is so important. But if you take that person out of the mix and go, I'm going to train you, and then that department falls to pieces, then that's yeah you, you need those people to prevent that from happening mm. so let's try and identify some more principles then because I, I think this is this would be really good for anybody who's like trying to build their own uh, maybe template out so i think what we've covered so far is get people in sort of maybe at the start of the week or certainly when it's um quieter so you can spend some quality time with them identify who your best trainers are i think that's a really really important one um and then get those people to train the things that they know about so don't have the same person training training somebody over the course of like two to three weeks split it split it up and that's also nice because they get to meet different people in the team as well i guess plan write everything down that you're going to do don't be reactive about training or be proactive about your training and make sure everything's you know strategical um and make sure you split days up into sections um and then as you're going through documents as well, so make notes about how the training is going with the person. What else have we got? What else brings um, It's, I think, collaboration between the management team and the different trainers as well, because I think that, like you said, it's all comes back to communication documenting. 
but certain trainers might look for different attributes or different skills um, and they might be able to provide a different view. Um, for example, if you've got your general manager or an assistant manager has a little bit more experience generally to draw on than someone who's kind of training on the bar or training on the floor, they might just have a couple of years and just be really good with people. Um, and it's that constant communication to say like, okay, you've told me how they're doing so far, but there's there's no you've not mentioned planet xyz so tomorrow when you've got this person with you let's kind of try and focus on that a little bit um so it, it's also really good development for the trainers um which i think is something that people miss um a lot of the time when they're training because it's very much all about that one person but as a management team it should be about both of them uh, your, your trainer and your trainee um so kind of using it as an opportunity to to train both essentially is, is what we'd be doing mm. how would you approach the the flexibility of the training onboarding plan so let's say I, I was a new starter and day two i was on the bar for the first time let's say i've never done that before day three i was supposed to go and i was supposed to spend with the host but i was just really struggling with with day two you know i just for some reason it just didn't take to me would you, would you, I know it depends on the person, but generally speaking, would you sort of get me back on the, the bar day, day three again, or would you stick to the plan and get me, get me, and then maybe come back next week? What would you, what, what do you think? I think it would depend on the individual. Um, if it's something that maybe they've, I don't know, smashed a massive bottle of champagne behind the bar and someone's fallen over and hurt themselves and it's been an absolute catastrophe. I'd probably take them out of that environment for a little while. But if it's just a case of they've struggled to learn a couple of basics of, I know, free pouring or something like that, something that is just a skill that just needs repetition, um, then yeah, absolutely. Like leave them there for an extra day, extra couple of days, whatever they need. Um, the training plan, it's I've set it with a time limit, but it's just more of an indication of, how long on average are probably expected to take. But if someone's coming in with loads of experience, they're going to probably whiz through most of the points faster um, and be more confident with it. Whereas somebody who is coming in and it's maybe their first job or they've not done it before, it might take them twice as long to get the hang of everything. Um, so it's whilst I've, I've kind of put day one to day 15, it's more just as a structure of after you've completed the plan and it should take roughly this long. Um it's it's more about making sure the person's got the confidence and the resources and the training that they need, rather than you've got fifteen days now go. Yeah, exactly. Um, so to yeah, state so to state the obvious, it's like if you're an experienced bartender, you might not need fifteen days, and also if you're brand new, you know if you, you you're not going to get fired on day sixteen if you haven't picked it up. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, and I think that the most important page of it, and my favourite page, is the last one, um, where it's the continuous. What are we going to do next? Um, what are the weaker areas? What are the strengths? What are the areas that we can keep developing? Um, and kind of that making that ongoing support plan and that ongoing training plan. Um, because people have strengths and weaknesses. I do. I'm sure you do. Everyone does. So there are going to be bits in there that they don't necessarily nail the first time, whether it's systems or whether it's um, the customer service bit. Maybe they're concentrating too hard on what they're actually doing. They're forgetting to talk to the person that's across the bar from them or sat at the table. Um, they might have their head in the iPad thinking, oh, I'm getting really stressed now. I can't remember where all the buttons are. Um, so, And then they forget, and then that rubs off on your table. So it'll be giving them the extra time with the iPad, giving them the extra time. Here's a couple of lines you can use in your back pocket for when things get a bit awkward. Make a joke of it. Here's a couple of jokes I use. Um, and that kind of thing. So making it really supportive, but 
yeah, the, the, my favorite page is, is the ongoing bit because that can just go on forever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just talk to me about that then. So we've got to day 15 or whatever day we finished. Um, and I think a lot of people would just say, right, training's finished now. Um, maybe we'll do cocktail training once, once, once a year, once the menu changes or whatever. But what, sh- what should we be, how should we structure is a better way of putting it, I guess. Somebody's ongoing CPD training, you know, what, what should we do? Um, I think having regular one-to-ones with people is kind of where that starts. So if you if you reach the end of this plan, you kind of sit down on, on day 15, you go over absolutely everything they've done, strengths, weaknesses, the bits they enjoy, the bits they don't enjoy, which I think are important, um, bits they're really good at, the bits that maybe they do need a bit extra support, and just create that training plan for the next two weeks, for the next month of, yes, you are now part of service almost. It's it's not You're not an extra. However there are still people on hand who have been here for six months. They have been here for six years um, who are going to be supporting you and almost kind of buddying them up with somebody would be my recommendation. It's what I like to do. Um, if, if you've got enough people, because some restaurants are really small and you don't necessarily have that capability in the team, um, but it's just ensuring that they've got that continuous support. But then after four weeks, after six weeks, after two weeks, it may be sit down again, um, have a one-to-one and just go through that list again and just reassess um so things that's like just i always start them off with like how are you doing like how are things how are you finding it what are the positives of your experience so far what are the negatives so far um which gives us the feedback to adjust the plans to adjust how we do things how we run shifts um but then it's what are your strengths what are your weaknesses what can we develop but then what are your goals kind of what are you looking to take from us as a as a team us as an employer us as a business um how and then how can we help you to get to them um because i think all of the best businesses develop their teams and even if it's you almost develop them out the door to the next chapter of their life then great like you should be um because that it's it's just giving you so much it builds your reputation as somebody who's prepared to invest in people which is amazing and all the a players want that um if you want to attract good people that develop people it's is absolutely crucial mm. um it means you've got some really positive experiences with the people that that are coming through the door and ultimately exiting uh, two years later or whatever that time frame might be um but then it also gives you and your team that extra experience as training as coaching as mentoring um, and develops all your your skills of listening, your compassion, your patience, all the all the important stuff, um, all the soft stuff. To be fair, that people I think underestimate, but are really important. Um, I, I've been honest, I've forgotten the question, <laughs> but it's it's all about yeah, just having that ongoing. Whether you coach them up to kind of be in your business, or whether you coach them up to that next chapter kind of finding out what their goal is and supporting them can only be a good thing. There's there's no hard feelings. There's no negativity. It's just, these guys did a great job with me. I'm really grateful. Shout about it to all their friends, um, which is just, yeah, it's just helping everybody to build and, and raise everybody up. All the best answers, by the way, always, always have the sentence in them. I've forgotten the question. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> they're always, they're always the best answers. It's, this is always like my favorite topic is how to like build a great culture and how to build a great team and how yeah, to make yeah. everybody feel included and welcome and happy and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I just get lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, listen, 
I'm going to leave it there because there's loads of really bite-sized, actionable stuff that people can take away from this. So I'll remind the listeners again that go into the show notes and click the links to check out the the great training onboarding plans, which Alex has contributed. Uh, You can either use them for free inside Pillar or you can just copy and paste them and and use them offline uh, either way. Uh, You'll also find Alex's LinkedIn bio uh, as well. So if anyone's got any questions i'm sure alex won't mind if you reach out and ask, ask those on linkedin as well and uh, absolutely yeah for me alex that was superb really really useful so thank you for your time thank you very much as well i appreciate that and can i just say as well i think what you guys are doing with pillar is is amazing oh, um, I, I don't that. think i've actually said you said that to you before after a few conversations but i think it's going to be a real asset to the industry um and having something that just encompasses almost every important aspect of the business um, in one place for free um, at a time when times are hard for a lot of restaurants is, is going to be incredible. I um, appreciate that. So yeah, Thank huge you, respect yeah. for what you are doing. Cheers. Thanks, buddy. All right. See you soon, You're mate. Welcome. See you later. Thank you. Thank you.